0: Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire podcast. Okay, here we go again then with the Westerer is Besterer podcast and joining me once again is the main man, Martin. How are you, Martin?
1: I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you doing yourself?
0: Yeah, very good. Very good. Have you have you got a funky name for yourself yet?
1: No, I, I've never been good with the uh, nickname, so uh, I, I think I'm going to... I'm going to put my faith with you to figure one out. I, I think I'm going to regret it. <laughs> but, uh, that's I,
0: what I'm going to do. I asked my daughter and she said fat man and blobbing, which I thought was Dallas just too much for a middle-aged man to <laughs> to, to go around. And, yeah, fat man and blobbing. Cheers for that, love. <laughs> uh, which one are you? I I didn't ask. I stopped the conversation there, <laughs> and I went. I maybe I'll ask somebody else. So um, yeah, there we go. But um, so, did you make it to the game on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I got there. And what did you? It was, th- a, it was a pretty exciting game, all in all. Being in the stadium, I mean, mm. obviously, re- result didn't exactly go our way, but we weren't a million miles off, and it was it was again it was enjoyable. It was nice, yeah. just nice to be there.
0: Hmm. I think that the thing for me was the attitude from the players was right. And you could kind of see where last season we would have completely folded. As soon as a couple of tries started going in, you just had that feel you always had that feeling last season that you never knew whether it was going to be, <laughs> you know, a 70 points to nil or whether we were going to compete for 80 minutes. And it just felt on Saturday that the boys competed for the full 80. And, yeah. you know, I think we're, we're improving, but they say the result didn't. So on, on my little list of things from, from Saturday, I pretty much go referee, referee, referee. And then there were some good things. So <laughs> was, was that the feeling inside the ground? What, what was the feeling about the referee inside the ground?
1: Yeah, he um he didn't leave with many friends, if he came with any at all. Mm. But uh, no, there was obviously yeah, anyone watching the game, whether you're in the stadium or home. There was a few decisions you 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 can't quite wrap your head around, mm. even when you're listening back to what he's saying.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, there's the obvious ones that we'll come to in a minute, but the the one for me was Ulster's first try, where the ball is kind of. Uh, you know, they're attacking in uh, uh, the line, fair enough. And then the guy um, the guy that scores, uh, he's kind of held up with the ball over the line. And Herring just comes in from the side, takes out the man beyond the ball with what looks like a shoulder. Just, you know, the, the, the camera angle was the wrong side. But it looks like he comes flying in with a shoulder Takes out, I think it was Gareth Davis, but he just completely wipes out Gareth Davis. But Gareth Davis is beyond the player, so he there was no way he came in from the back of that, that ruck that or that mall. There's no way,
1: the
0: no, he didn't come through the gate, he didn't come from the back. And he took out the player beyond the ball, which resulted in a try. Now, you know, that was that was first, that, that was their first try. And you just had that you know, that wasn't even reviewed. That wasn't even, you know, wasn't even looked at. And I just thought, hang on, because I I rewound it and replayed it and rewound it and replayed it. And they were they kind of showed an angle from the other side, but it was shown at full speed, so you couldn't see where he kind of hit. He just kind of spun around. So for me, it wasn't necessarily the referee on, on Saturday. It was the TMO, and the, the TMO's job is to review these things and get them right. You know that's that's you have one. You don't need to be fit. You don't need to be, you know, in the game. You don't need to be watching a hundred different things. And uh, you know that's that's the referee's job. Your, your job is to watch the video and make sure that you're supporting the ref. And I just thought. It's. It was. It really let the game down because you know, we we'll talk about the other bits in in a minute. But you just never felt like the scarlets were getting a fair rub of that game. It just always felt that we were up against sixteen players, and you know it's it's. And I, but I guess that's why I like the the attitude of the players. They stuck with it. You know, really yeah, easy. Yeah. Well,
1: see you. The ref is always one that you've got to play yourselves. And like you said, we looked as though he's taken him, in, you know, not through the gate and that. And yeah, it is the TMO's job to look at things like that, but it's also our players and then our captain's job to to get in the ref's year to make him tell the TMO to have a look at it as well.
0: Hmm. Well, Foxy, when he got to the third one, so there was there was that one, then there was Costello. And then there was the debacle with a kick into the corner. And that's when Foxy starts going nuts. That is when he was giving it large in the referee's ear. Well, that was 10 minutes from the end of the game, 10, 15 minutes from the end of the game, you know. And, um, you know, I'm all in favour of knowing when the right time is to ask the question um, and things like that. But, yeah, for me, it just must be very frustrating. If you're a coach sitting and looking at that video... You know, when you talk about that like, Costello getting carded, do you tell him to not jump for the ball? You know,
1: the guy was. It... As far as I, I could see it, it I would have put that down as a rugby collision and definitely a penalty because obviously there was contact. Hmm. But he's running for the ball. He's he's made the jump early enough, and he's in a he's in a position to catch the ball.
0: Yeah. So... And, but he touched the ball with his right hand. You know, the, his right hand. the, the issue was that it, as his left hand is coming up to catch what? the ball, the play the the um, Irish player is in the way, so he couldn't get to that ball. So we, you know, for me, that's a like you said, that's a, a a collision, both competing for the ball. It's unfortunate that the Irish guys landed the way he did, but that wasn't, you know, Costello's. Uh, um, it was because there was contact in the air, but it wasn't a penalty. It it just that's the kind of decision that can ruin careers, you know. You know, yeah, the the guy's fallen. He's fallen on his back and he's got an injury. But it's a contact sport. It's a collision sport, you know. We're not playing snooker. This you you've got to have a little bit of you know. Players are going to get injured, and I just thought really harsh on Costo and it did turn the game because they put two tries on the board while he was off the pitch and he was actually well the whole game other than the 10 minutes he was on the sidelines he had a, a really good game you know
1: Yeah, well, he, he probably was the standout 10 in Wales again you know he, he was last week mm. and same again this week but like you said with the yellow cards they put 14 points past us in the first one and the mm. second yellow card they put 10 points past us so mm. you know Two yellow cards 24 points you know if you're looking 15 v 15 we won that game 39 <laughs> 31.
0: i i hadn't thought of that one before yeah that's that's a good way of doing it that is yeah when we were 15-0 <laughs> yeah i just i just thought the referee ruined that game he did I, it was a really really good game to watch but as a scarlet's fan coming off that that, that pitch or coming out of that stadium you must have just been sitting there going like, you know, what's what's the point in, in training for the week when you're going to get penalised and yellow carded for stuff that just shouldn't be there? I mean, that, that, that kick to the corner, how, uh, you know, there were two people underneath that ball. It was Corey Baldwin and then it was a touch judge. And they're both looking up. You can see them both clearly looking up, and straight away, touch judge goes out with the arm and says, "That's, you know, that's in That's gone." Corey Baldwin. It's a, it's an instant reaction. It's not a, a calculated reaction to try and persuade the referee. It's an instant reaction. He claps and he goes yes, and he starts running up, ready for a dropout. Yeah, that, that, that's uh an instant reaction from a genuine player. You can tell when somebody's trying to manipulate the ref with their, um, you know, oh, referee, what was happening there and all of that rubbish. But that was a genuine reaction where, right, ball's gone dead, he's made a mistake, lovely jubbly, off we go. So to, to overrule him there was wrong. And then the following ruck that they scored from he got it wrong again you know yeah. and even even the commentators and shane williams has commentated on um uh on premier sports um i don't think shane williams will ever set foot inside parker scarlet's ever again because he was criticizing the crowd he was criticizing players didn't have a good word to say about scarlet's even when he sport so um he really went down in my estate. Are you, you don't mind a little bit of banter between Scarlets and Ospreys as a, you know, but
1: that's... Yeah, but the total bias is uh, is another thing. Though, yeah. and, and that, that is me... a big problem I've seen with Premier Sports is their commentators mm. are so blatantly biased one way or the other.
0: Yeah. And you don't mind it so much if it's the home team, you know, you, you almost expect that with the home team. But they they were biased for a team that wasn't even on the pitch. <laughs> both commentators. Yeah, they were both Osprey supporters, having a go at the Scarlet. Not saying well done Ulster. Don't, don't get me wrong, Ulster played really well. I thought that would a fantastic um the the first 10 minutes, I don't think we touched the ball other than kickoff. You know, it was it was a real the way they controlled the ball. Happened. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it was good. Yeah, but that's what you want. You know, this, this is a competitive league. This is, you know, the most competitive league, uh, you know, particularly now with Zebra and Burnerton, uh up in their game. It's really, really competitive every week. You could win, you could lose, you could get pasted, you could put a pasting out. That's the way this league is now. And, you know, it just kind of, like you say if Premier Sports sorted the the, we'll come on to the the URC and Gallagher Premiership later because I've been banging on about this all week. But yeah, Ulster were good. I thought I thought they were really really good. Um, competitive game. I just uh, it was sickening coming out of the end of that game and going. You know we've got nothing. We've got nothing at that game. It's, there were some good bits. There were some really good bits. I thought our attack, I don't think many people are going to put five tries on Ulster this year. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, you know, they, there's a big clash on Friday now Ulster v Leinster at uh, Ravenhill. Mm. And that's going to be one hell of a match. And I, I'm expecting Ulster to do um in all honesty.
0: Yeah, well, Leinster are not playing anywhere near with a. They have been the last couple of seasons, so and fair enough, they had a bonus point on last Saturday. But three of those tries were line out drives, you know. And yeah, 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 it's pressure, but they're not playing expansive, creative, you know, exciting rugby. And I thought Ulster actually, you know, it was controlled but... when it was tight, but when it was going out, I thought they did really well. But you know.
1: Yeah, you got you gotta take uh the, the previous Leinster result with a pinch of salt as well. We'll come on to it later. But that Bennett on the side that they beat showed, you know, seven changes from the week before and three positional changes. Mm. So it, it wasn't the same side that Dan Glasgow 3311 in the opening week. Mm.
0: I I just think that we're in a place now where you know dragons win on on Sunday as well, which is fantastic for them. You know, the, the margins in these games are minuscule now. The, the difference between winning and losing, well, for us, for the last two weeks, the difference between winning and losing has been a referee's decision. First week, Tipperick should have gone, and pretty much everyone admits that. And this week... You know, you could have picked three, four, five different decisions that really, really cost us. There, there was nothing, if those decisions had, had gone with us, we'd have been sitting on top of a, a bonus point, 15, 20 point win against Ulster. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and that's how tight and competitive um, that game was. And I you know, watched all games from last week. There's no, even the, the big wins they're not... Blowout. Yeah, you're not... It's Those sides are competing and there's one or two bits, you know, with something like, look at Ulster uh, tries, you know, it's maybe one missed tackle and bang, that's in. You know, our tries, one missed tackle, one person out of place, and we're in. You know, the, the attacking this season from all sides has been absolutely bang on, you know? Is with the exception of possibly the Ospreys, Ospreys haven't looked like scoring massive amounts of tries uh, through the backs. Um,
1: No, but they were exactly the same last season. They started incredibly slow and then they sort of picked up in the last four or five weeks of the Mm. season. So Mm. it might be looking, that that might be the, the Toby Booth way of playing. It takes a while for his attack to bed in.
0: Yeah, I mean, they grind you down, they, they grind people down, but, you know, everyone else is looking at how do we score tries off seventh, eighth, ninth phase. It always used to be, you know, we went through that, that growth phase of, OK, you can't score off first phase now, so you've got to, mm-hmm. you're looking at third or fourth phase. Now we're looking at you know how do you get round a defence on 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 eighth ninth tenth phase you know and that that's that's how much you've got to wear sides down and that's how much you've got to you know, look at uh, uh, where you move the ball across the backs but yeah you know, so who who stood out was a uh, as our superstar for you on on Saturday then where were our plus points for you plus points
1: um, Costello as you've already said he was. Pretty impressive. Johnny Williams held up well again. Mm. Uh I was I was impressed by uh Johan Nicholas. He he put in hell of a shift in all fairness. Mm. Uh Sam Lausee cracking game. And I think out of our forwards, you know, Davos was another coming off the bench. He he looked impressive yet again. Yeah,
0: he did. And I, I think it was quite difficult to choose you know uh uh Someone from a Scarlet set stood out because I just think everybody put in a real hard shift, you know.
1: Well, yeah, I just named five players
0: I couldn't pick out. Well, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It it was really difficult to go, you know, like against the Ospreys, you know, there were a couple of players that really stood out, like Johnny Williams, Costolo, um, and, and Fafita. But yeah, against Ulster, it was genuine. It was it was the kind of performance that I think we've been wanting to see for a long time, you know. And that's why I don't think it, I haven't heard massive amount. You get the usual people like uh, you know sack everyone, start again, all of this kind of crap. But you just kind of ignore them, and I think most people go and Do you know what? Actually, even though it was a hefty defeat, we we've seen improvement and. I don't think too many people are disappointed. We're disappointed in the number, you know, in the actual, this is what goes on the scoreboard. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But I think the attitude and the way the, the boys played on Saturday, I haven't heard anybody complain about a lack of effort or a lack of skill or a lack of ability. It was just, you know, it didn't. There were a couple of, of bits around the park that didn't quite work for us and we need to do something about defence, particularly in the first 10 minutes, you know?
1: Yeah, I think we're running at about 70, 80%, which is probably about bang on for the first few weeks of the season. Mm. Our defence is a work on, but these last these first two games, I have been impressed just their attitude in getting to back in line and the organisational side of it. They have been putting that effort in there and you know this is this is gareth williams with well he's had what well, four five weeks of the boys if that mm. so uh, you know come come after the uh internationals now in december once he's uh, he's had a nice big chunk with a lot of the squad I, i'm expecting to see uh, a much more hard, hardier defence
0: yeah and i think that's the bit that you, you can see the improvement is coming it's not like we're going backwards Anywhere really, there are bits that are not moving forward, like line out, but there's no way that's getting worse. Do you know what I mean? There's you, look, you won't look at it and go, last season we were better at this, you know, it's all been a, a step forward. That's how I see it, anyway. But
1: yeah, well, I, I, I think I'm agreeing with you over there. Yeah, our, our line out always needs a bit of work. Uh, our scrum seems to be holding very well. Mm. our our backline our attack play it, it it's always up there it has been for about 5 6 years i think now our back play and our, our defence is the major work on for mm. say with the with the lineouts we got you know we got the sheriff ken owens having 40 minutes for the quins on the weekend mm. so he's probably he might be in line for a uh, bench spot this weekend but then you've got to ask yourself, are you dropping a layers or are you dropping Davos?
0: Yeah, it's, and that's the encouraging thing, isn't it? You know, that the the level of competition within the side at the minute is as good as I've seen it for a long, long time. So that kind of brings me to, to my next bit about Foxy. And you know, we spoke about Foxy the week before. No, there's there's two uh, two sides to it. There's Foxy the captain and Foxy the player. So, what? Uh, how did you How did you see his game on on Saturday?
1: Average, <laughs> if i honest. Hmm. Didn't Didn't really do nothing special. Didn't make any massive errors, but as I just I just don't think he's the right choice for captain. I mean, like I said last week, I, I've been in love with Foxy as a player for over a decade, mm. but he, he's just not the the right person to be captain at, at this time. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few years ago he was, maybe next season or season after if he if he's still playing, but right now I don't think he's the right choice. I, I'm not 100% who I'd pick myself. I haven't given it that much thought, but mm. I just know it wouldn't be Foxy right now.
0: Yeah, and I'm kind of in the same boat. It it's I, I guess until somebody's put in a position where they've got a captain the side, it's hard to know how they captain the side. And you almost have to put your faith in in Dwayne and the coaching team because they're seeing them every day, they're working them with every day and and you know, and they, they've got a better understanding. But yeah, for me, you know, he was, he just fell off too many tackles and <laughs> That was always one of his strengths, you know. He was he was that rock oh God, solid, yeah. you know. If anything at, at thirteen just wasn't getting through him, and now they are. And I, th- I think my my gut feeling is he's being given every opportunity to show that he can get back into the whale side, and I I, I certainly wouldn't. I think 13 is, is the position, because he's been there for so long. You know, he has been the rock steady, you know, number 13 for Wales for so long and for the Scarlets that we haven't developed anybody to take over from him. Do you know what I mean? There yeah, isn't... well,
1: it's, well when, he came, when he first came through, we're talking seven, eight years ago now, Steph Hughes, he was the man who was lined up to be Foxy's successor. But, you know, Mm. he he had that terrible ACL injury and he lost a bit of pace. And he never, he never really, great player, but he Mm. never hit hit his ceiling, which Mm. is unfortunate. And now we've got two young prospects in Corey Baldwin and Joe Roberts. But obviously, Baldwin is being used on the wing because we're so low in numbers. And I think Roberts has picked up two pretty significant injuries in the last two, three years. Yeah. And I know he's out until okay. at least Christmas.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think that's the, the struggle now, isn't it? Is you know, we have got I think we've got quality all the way across the back line. You know, we've not seen Steph Evans so far this year, you know. And I don't know, I haven't seen him on the injury list.
1: So No, no, he he's all good. Um I, I was lucky enough to be in a hospitality on the weekend and uh he he was down the bottom, sat mm. uh, sat a couple of rows. Pretty close to my wife. She was happy. and uh, <laughs> he, he seems physically fine. He was doing, obviously, you know, you have your, your 25-man squad that's there to do the proper warm-up, make sure they are game-ready if they need, you know, the extra two if they needed. And then there's another five to ten boys who are alongside with them making up numbers. And he's he's he was there this week. He was there last week as well. So there's there's nothing wrong with him as far as I can see or I've been, been told.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, for me, you know, with Steph Evans on the wing and Corey Baldwin at 13, I just, I think Benetton is, uh, they, uh, like I said before, there is no easy side to, uh, you know, mess around with you, you know, let's give some boys a run out sort of a thing. That 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 just doesn't exist anymore.
1: No, so, I think Zebra is the only team you'd even consider doing that against and that's probably only at home now.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, they should have beaten Leinster the first week and they had a good crack in it the second week. So um yeah, I think at some point we, we just gotta bite that, that bullet and go, you know, we need to give somebody else a run there. And that's no disrespect to to Foxy. I think he's been you know heart and soul of, of the Scarlets for you know, nearly twenty odd years or whatever it is. But yeah they, they, they gets to a you get to a, a point and you go if you don't change him now, when are, is it going to be too late? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. somebody needs to have a run. I say Joe Roberts was playing out of the skin last year and, and you genuinely felt that, right, that, that's the guy that's going to take over because he was making breaks, he was solid in defence, his kicking was on point and you just thought, yeah, there's, there's no real weakness to his game and then he got injured. And... With Foxy now, if Foxy was coming into the side playing the way he's playing, you'd be questioning why? Why is he in the side? He's he's. I think he's there on reputation now, and and a, a you know an entirely just, Yeah, but and you just hope that somebody comes through and goes, you know, let's. Like I say I I put Corey Baldwin there just because he's big enough, strong enough, fast enough. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's my. Got feeling. I think he'd be an excellent 13, but you know, I think that's I think that's the only area that we look at now and go, we need to uh, we need to improve something. We need to do something there. It's defence and 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 foxy, but yeah, it's hard to say though, isn't it? It's hard to say. As a scarlet supporter, it's hard to. It's taken me probably two years to go. Oh, maybe he's not what he used to be at international level but he's still an excellent club player and now i'm thinking ooh, you know is he an excellent club player
1: it's, well I, i've been playing around with the idea of maybe like with wales uh a couple of years ago putting foxy at 12 and sh- and you know shifting maybe johnny williams to 13 let him have a crack there
0: yeah yeah that's enough and we've also got um You know Scott Williams to come back as well,
1: you
0: know. Yeah, you plays both, doesn't he? Yeah, so there are options there, and I say I just think we need to do something, uh, you know, just before it's too late, because I think you get to because it'll start to affect his confidence, and he'll start getting desperate, and he'll start, he'll start getting yellow cards where he's trying to make tackles that aren't there, and he'll be, do you know what I mean? He'll he'll just get to that stage where you can feel the desperation that he just wants to to, to do the right thing so yeah that's my kind of but <laughs> the, the, the bit that I, I I wrote in my notes was it's two games it's not the end of the season it's not the end of the world it's, it's we've had two games two really really good games so far really really good games and you know let's not go throwing everything out of the pram straight away Let's let's you know get to that stage where actually I don't know we, we, I don't know where the cut off is where you start panicking, but it's not after two games for me.
1: No, I I, I think it's well. There's not is never a time for panicking. Panicking is probably the wrong word to use, but I think if uh, it comes after the end of the Cardiff game and we're still looking at ourselves, thinking, no, oh, it's going to click, it's going to click. Mm. Then, then that's kind of the time to think, okay, you know, we, we need to change something here, yeah, because something is certainly not working. Yeah. So yeah. I, I give them Benetton this weekend. It's the first away game, so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fully expecting a win, as yeah. as I do every single week. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. this week, then we'll, we'll have, we've got Cardiff coming down the park. Mm. And that's probably that's probably the time that if nothing's happened, then like I, you know, that's saying if he selects a, a similar fifteen for the next two weeks, mm. that that probably be the time to think, you know, time to change things up.
0: When do international players start getting pulled for autumn internationals?
1: Uh, were they miss in for the last game against Leinster. Right,
0: so they'd I, be there for the Cardiff game, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent for the Cardiff game. Yeah. Um. Trying to have a think now how how far away we are because I know but, I know Lens is something like the 30th or the 29th something like that oh sorry yeah. 28th I think first. that uh, that weekend the 28th is uh, when we lose we don't have any players so we've still got you know Benetton Cardiff Zebra and Connacht before we lose them
0: yeah so yeah you definitely want to take something out of of those realistically, you all know, of we them. should be, yeah, we should be looking at bonus point wins on all of them that's that's where we should be looking at, you know if you ignore the first two games and you go, you know we we're actually in good shape and we're 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 in a a really good position, I'd say we should be looking at bonus point wins, you know cardiff you never know. Which What's Cardiff, Cardiff side is going to turn up? Yeah, it's and I know that's a frustration for Cardiff fans. And we're sitting there going like, yo, <laughs> that was that was last season, mate. Try to do it, or not last season, season before, wouldn't it? So try, try to do a whole season of not knowing what which of your teams is going to turn up and whether you go home after 15 minutes or or, or wait until the, the final whistle. But yeah, that's that's where Cardiff are at the minute, but. There we go.
1: yeah. Well, the way, way I've been looking at the last couple of games is we, you know, the, the Ospreys game ended on 78 minutes, so you know, we took home, you know all four points, and uh, the Elster the, game ended on 73, so you know, we came on with two bonus points. So, yeah, I'm, 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 that's what <laughs> I'm looking at there.
0: That's your fantasy league, is it? That's uh, Martin's fantasy league, and we, we go on how many minutes in each game we're going to play, <laughs> with the final whistle is in each game, <laughs> so let's have a chat about Bennett and Game then. how do we how do we see that game going
1: i think it's going to be a a, a forward battle for the majority of it mm. they uh, the one player i think that they they miss most is uh, mondioani
0: because
1: mm. he was he's such a live wire whenever he plays and i think without he, he's their ex he, well he was their ex factor player Hmm. Now, I, I haven't seen enough of them um, recently to really say if they've got another player of that type there. But I think, I, I'm, I'm very happy that yeah, he's not and, playing it anymore.
0: But I think what they've done is they've... They, it feels like there was almost an over-reliance on him. Let's get the ball to him, let's get him to do something. And where he's gone, it's now like, right, OK, there's 15 of us on the park. 15 of us need to work our nuts off and actually do something. So I, I've been quite impressed with them. You know, you've, you've seen a gradual improvement in Benetton over the last couple of seasons. And every prediction of table finish that I've seen, nobody has Benetton at, down the bottom. You know, some, some people are putting Benetton in top eight, um, which I think is a push. But
1: I'm, Yeah, I've got that. I, I, where well, I've done my little predictions. I've done them in blocks of fours, and I've got them in nine to twelve.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people see them finishing. Which, when you consider where they were three or four seasons ago, that's that's bloody good, you know. So, I, yeah, I, in theory, we should be running them off the park, and it. I think it really does depend on squad rotation. And who's available? You, know, you look at our injury list. Holy cow, man. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's how many we got there now? So we've got a squad of 35 or 40. I think we've got a squad of 40. Depends if you were you class the academy uh, group. But over half of them are injured, you know, or nearly half yeah. of them are injured. That's just, I don't get it. We
1: haven't had an update this week, so we're not entirely sure where exactly everybody is. Hmm. But even looking at the one given for the Ulster game, you're just reading it off and you're thinking, oh, wow.
0: You're thinking I'm getting a call at some point. I best best dust off my boots because we're going to run out of players in the whole of West Wales if we carry on at this rate. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Yeah, it is. uh, I haven't seen. But then I think all clubs are... Not all clubs, but most clubs have got a fairly hefty um, injury list at the minute, and you just got to question why? You know, as the I don't think the games increased in physicality or intensity uh, in, to a great extent. You know, it's it was always a hard game. It's always going to be a hard game. You know, so what's changing to put that many players? Or are we just being too cautious? Are we saying you know these players two or three seasons ago may well have been given the green light to play? Yeah, because we need them on the pitch. um And are we now going actually player welfare is more important, which is fine, which is fair enough. You know that's that's where it needs to be. But yeah, it's just
1: yeah, I I, I, only, I think it's a combination of everything because. Uh, Obviously, players, as long as it's not, uh, you know, major injuries, you know, concussion-related, they can sign themselves fit against medical. Uh, what's the word for it? Against okay. doctors' orders, essentially.
0: Right. They likewise. are capable. Of,
1: they are. They are allowed to do that, but then it's at the club's discretion. Okay. And so it, uh, that is obviously an individual basis, because I think it was uh, Evan Roos done it towards the back end of last season for Stormers. Because he weren't meant to be playing in the quarter, uh, the you know the URC uh, playoffs,
0: but right, he, he signed
1: nice. himself, he signed himself back in, saying, "Look, I want to play. I I, I t- understand the risks, and it's totally on me." So I I honestly think that uh, the, the the training methods are playing a part in it. The yeah. intensity of them, when your body is you know working at that sort of high intensity for a couple of periods a week, is making you a little bit more susceptible. Mm. when you're coming back down, if you know what I mean. But then, so
0: that, is it as well, you know, with this, you know, you, you picked this up before about the, um how much contact time you're allowed to do outside of game time, you know, is that meaning that when players do go into contact, that they're not quite match ready? ready for it. <laughs> you
1: know, yeah, there's obviously there's that side of it. And all we can really do is go with the medical professionals, which obviously it, it, you, you've got to go with the evidence that you physically see. But at the same time, you've got to take into account all basically the entire history of playing rugby. How much does it benefit from you having an hour or two hour contact, even if it's not full pelt during the week? How much does that help you on the weekend against how much does 15 minutes of all out contact, help you for a match. It, yeah. It's got to be that balancing act alongside the medical opinions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one that's going to run and run, mate. It's going to run and run. And speaking of things that are going to run and run, so this has popped up again about joining the Gallagher Premiership. So let's have a chat about that. Um, This popped up again over the weekend. Um, And obviously there's, there's, there's stuff that has prompted this, um, but uh, Welsh sides joining the Gallagher Premiership. So, the, I mean, the, the background to this, the background to this report is that basically there's no evidence of any of this happening in the report, and everyone that is is allegedly to have had meetings has gone. I I've not got a clue what you're talking about. So there's there's that is the fact that the guy that wrote this report hasn't exactly got a great track record. And then we've got, you know, Wasps and Worcester. And there's a report out today from a slightly more credible source. Um, I think it was in the Telegraph that there are potentially two more sides that will be in this position come the end of the season in the Gallagher Premiership. They didn't say who. But you know, by the end of the season, potentially another two um, sides. So you know, it throws up so many issues for Gallagher Premiership. But I don't think the solution for anybody is a Welsh side joining. I think the only people that want that would benefit from having two Welsh sides join the Gallagher Premiership is a WYU because they'd only have to fund two sides instead of four sides. And they could significantly reduce the player pool. They would reduce their player outgoings and they could focus on the things that they like to do best, like pointless bloody corporate stuff for Millennium Stadium, rather than putting the nuts and bolts into the game the two secure sides so I I can rant on this all day yeah like seriously my I was talking to my wife about this I say I was talking I was saying stuff whilst my wife was in the room and after about 20 minutes she turned to me and said are you still talking because I genuinely switched off about a quarter of an hour ago so
1: that's how it goes (laughs) (laughs)
0: So what's your thoughts on it mate?
1: My thoughts may be opposite to a lot of people's I want to see it happen but I don't want to see the Scarlets, Ospreys Dragons or Cardiff leave the URC. I want to see two clubs, I want to see probably Pontypridd and another take those spots and let the English Premiership Rugby fund them through the through all the, uh, you know, monies that they get. Because Mm. I think we can do it. I think with the money that's in the Gallagher Premiership and in the short term, I think, you know, a couple of lawn players and some academy boys from the regions, I think it can be done.
0: So maybe a a, a combined values side and RGC. So with, you know, using players from... Under twenties and, let like you say, in academies uh, as development sites. which so this this it's was the an idea, yeah. yeah. There was an idea mooted around before the start of the season, um, only about Worcester because it was uh, at the start of the season. Everybody knew Worcester was in trouble, you know, and that was like two three weeks before the start of the season when something should have actually been done. Um, and there, there was this idea of why don't the Wru Worcester and use it as effectively, you know, the the development squad, you know, a Wales A squad, if you like. Uh, Use uh, it as something else. Yeah, and and it was you know it was an idea that was mooted around on social media and on podcasts and on various other places, but it kind of it kind of didn't really it's a nice it's one of those ideas it's yeah it's nice but you look at the practicalities of it and then you go yeah that's not going to happen so
1: no uh, it's much debt in for that to happen you know it's over 25 million from just little snippets that i've read and that's yeah. just way too much plus um, you've got to look at uh, the the land around six ways which from, you know, again, the few snippets I've read is the current owners have taken out of Worcester's name and put into their own. Yeah. So all those legalities you'd have to look at.
0: Well, see, I think this is the problem with Gallagher Premiership. Okay. So, so bear with, okay, strap in, because here we go, take off, right? So <laughs> first off, you have to buy into the Premiership Management Board. Okay. I can't remember what it's actually called, but it's you have to. Buy into that. So right now on, on Worcester's um, balance sheet will be X amount of shares in the, um, the management board. So when um, Elin Trailfinders should have come up this year and they were told that you need to buy in and you need to have five million in ready cash to buy into the premiership board. Okay. So if we're going to put a side in there, it's going to cost us five million, right? As a starter, that 5 million, if you've got 5 million spare, use it to grow your supporters, use it to grow your, your, your base. Go on, go on, you, go on, you're trying to say something, go on.
1: That's if we want to go in, not if they want us in. There's got, There's going to be some sort of, of uh, negotiation involved with that. Because if they need us, it's not going to be that full 5 million. It might be over a time period but it's not going to be instant.
0: Well, this, this again, is part of the, the structure of the way the Gallagher Premiership is managed, yeah? So URC is managed by, effectively, by the um, boards, WIU, SRU, IRB, yeah? It's it's managed by the, the, the boards of the countries that are involved, yeah? Gallagher Premiership isn't. The WIU is one one seat on that board and the rest of it is the clubs that were involved yeah so when the Wru says uh, and, and this came out before the season as well where they were talking about um, the salary cap so the salary cap the big clubs so Saracens, Harlequins, um, who was the other one it's Northampton I think absolutely don't want the salary cap should be able to spend whatever because they've got big backers their, their businesses are based on we've got more money than you so we're going to buy all the best players and we're going to keep those best players in our squad so you can't have them and we'll just keep funding and funding and funding that until we win the european cup it, that's not you know it's a toy for people who've got too much money and that's what the salary cap is there so the salary cap. I thought it was next season. It's not now. It's it's the season after next. That was a compromise. The salary cap goes back up by two million in in England. Yeah. So straight away,
1: the, the extra one. Say again. Do they get to keep that marquee player aspect of the salary cap? Because I know they've dropped one marquee player.
0: Yeah. I I don't know the details of it. It was it was just that headline figure that I was looking at that the the actual salary cap has gone back up by, it's just over 2 million or whatever. So if Welsh sides now go into the Gallagher Premiership, not only have you got to find money for the bond, right, but your player inflation goes through the roof because you're now in a different competitive league, yeah, with more people, with more money, and part of that restriction of being... The protection, if you like, that you get in the URC from being run by the WIU then goes when you go into the Gallagher Premiership because you cannot have WIU sides being controlled the same way. So you then, you know, WIU then removes the funding for those players. So you have to then replace the funding for your international players and you then have to compete with sides that are being bankrolled by millionaires. Unless we can find a millionaire to come in and go, Oh, yeah, I fancy a bit of a play with the Scarlets. Here we go. Here's here's 25 million, off you go. That's not gonna happen, you know. So but we have to think about it in the terms of actually what's best for the club in the long run, you know, what's best for the Scarlets in the long run. Joining you know, the, the the bit that people keep throwing back is, oh, wouldn't it be great to have Bath come down and and Exeter come down? Actually, no. no. So somebody said to me the other day, last time Bath came to Straddy Park, the place was absolutely bouncing. Straddy Park was just about 10,000 capacity. Yeah. Park of Scarlet is 14,8. So nearly 25% larger than Straddy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, plus you can have I think it's one extra thousand they can fit in with uh, temporary seating and stuff as well.
0: Yeah. So you look at that and you go right, okay, so okay, the the park scarlets may not be full for every game at the minute, but we're still pretty much, you know, at a better level than where we played Bath at, at, at Straddy. And the reason that more people wanted to go and see Bath at Straddy Park is because it was a special game. It's It was the equivalent of the European Cup now. Yeah? Now, you've been there for European Cup matches. I've been there for European Cup matches. That place is absolutely on fire for, for European Cups. Yeah? And even the European Cups where you know that we're, we're not really you know, it's, you're praying for a downpour and a dodgy ref and, you know, and a, and a little bit of luck and we might get away with it. Even on those nights, you know, the, the place is bouncing and that's what has replaced those games against Bath and, you know, Bristol, games against... When we used to play games against Bristol, Bristol weren't the side they are now. They were crack games. You know, so I think people have got the these kind of rose-tinted glasses about how it used to be, because they, you know, yeah, they were good games, they were enjoyable games. They'd usually play at Christmas and at Easter, but they were special one-offs, and that's why people went to attend them. If that's every week, it's 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 not gonna replace what you'd lose with the URC. Yeah what you what you lose with the urc this see this is what i'm telling you what, what my wife switches off <laughs> so, so what you lose no, I'm not obviously uh, <laughs> no, it's just like i'm going like I'm, I'm really aware of how much i'm talking because <laughs> it's usually at this bit My somebody'll go ah lee shut it man <laughs> okay you know um we need so, to get a sign at that kind of it, death, time, time to shut up <laughs> yeah but um But I think the key bit for me, and this is something that I I said in pre-season, that this is something to talk about. URC viewing figures last year, okay, 34 million. Yeah, Gallagher premiership viewing figures last year, 14 million. It's twice the size. The URC, when you put together people in the ground and people on television, twice the size now this is that's that last year was the first season that we saw that coming in with South African sides and things like this yeah this season we've now got the um, distribution in um, America as well yeah so we're now going to go up from that again you're starting to see some really big international companies coming in as sponsors yeah you want to know why Sale has lost all its South African players because they've gone home. Why have they gone home? Because South African sides can now compete. South African sides can now compete with the salaries from, from those English sides. Yeah, You look at how many players in England are now leaving to go to France, South Africa, America, Japan. You know, When they set up the, the, the Gallagher premiership, the idea was this is going to be the best league in the world. Everybody will come to us. Yeah. And everyone else has gone, actually, we can do this better. You know, when America gets its shit together, oh, my God, they're going to, you know, just on television viewing, they are going to rip the rest of the world apart. They may not do it in a World Cup and on on the world stage, but in terms of can they produce something on television that people will want to watch? Absolutely. (laughs) So you've got all these things that people talk, you know, the Gallagher Premiership is just a marketing exercise. That's all it is. It's a marketing exercise with big people running big clubs that want to suck the money from smaller clubs. And if we went into the Gallagher Premiership, all we would be doing is finding a way to funnel our money into those big clubs and make those big clubs bigger and better and more Well, They're not profitable. They need multimillionaires to make them viable. So for me... You know, if we, if, just go back to that 5 million bond. If you've got 5 million to go and invest uh, into buying into the Gallagher Premiership, take that 5 million and invest that in marketing the game in Wales and and doing something to get people to the ground. If, if, if Parker Scarlets was full every week, yeah, like it is in, in Leinster and Ulster, if that ground was full every week just with home support, Gallagher Premiership wouldn't even be an option. It wouldn't be, you know what, we need a bigger ground or we need, you know, it would be a completely different way of looking at it. So if we're going to go and spend money on the game, that's where we need to spend money. Marketing that game, growing the, the, the player base at grassroots level, you know, and particularly the, the bit in between grassroots and, and senior level, which for me is colleges, that's where we need to be spending the money. I think once the the the, um, the effect of the, the South African sides and the effect of the American deal come through, we'll start to go, okay, yeah, we have got money. And the danger is, is we spend that all on players instead of developing players and developing a, a fan base. Yeah. If, we, if we're going to spend it on anything in Wales, we need to spend it on something that's going to benefit... Welsh players and Welsh supporters and not on a vanity project in, in England. And you know, some, somebody said to me the other day on Twitter, avoid Twitter. Oh, my God, avoid Twitter. Just put, <laughs> put, one, put one tweet out, switch it off, put it in your pocket, don't go back. Um, so think about all the retail sales that we'll get. Think about the club shop when we're, when we're playing against Bath. Oh, what? Somebody from Bath is going to come down and buy a Scarlet shirt because they're playing against her I, I was that work?
1: <laughs> Can know? I just say that person obviously hasn't been to the Scarlet's club shop in the last few weeks. There is literally the home kit, the away kit, the third kit, and a couple That's of it. other things. Snap There's not. There's no. There's no ten pound and under. You know, little key rings, little things. Yeah, you know, you yeah. for the kids. No blankets. No scarves. It is bare there other than the kits.
0: And, and this you know, is... a
1: lot of people don't tend to buy the kits at this point of the season. They wait they wait till around Easter time where they knock 10 yeah. 20 quid off there. Or well,
0: Christmas presents, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah well, there is and... nothing for Christmas presents. There's, there's no, like, mugs with, and coasters with Scarlet Sun. There's no pyjamas. Yeah. Nothing like that at all.
0: But this goes back into the, the marketing of the game, you know, URC are not marketing themselves in Wales. WIU, Scarlets are not marketing themselves around here. Do you know what I mean? There's there's massive, massive potential. We should be filling that stadium every single week. And this this Gallagher premiership thing shouldn't even be a conversation, but we need to put people in place within the Scarlets, within the URC, within the WIU, that will go actually investing in... the lower end of the game takes a bit longer to get, you know, the, the through flow. But you invest in the in the the core of the game, the base of the game, and then you can build things on top. Right now, we, we're we're trying to build a pyramid on top of sand instead of putting the cement in and putting going into the Gallagher Premiership. That's like trying to build a hotel on top of the the, the pyramid on, but it's, it, you know, you, you're trying to build something without the solid foundations in place. So that's, that's my bit dummy. I'm going to shut up now.
1: Yeah. Just like you said, you know, if you look at an infrastructure project, you know, you're talking 15, 20 years before you see results. Yeah. And I I'm with you a hundred percent. I think the colleges and universities, are a massive gap in in welsh rugby especially development because we've got cardiff met in the bucks league i think i think swansea might be in one as well but that's about it uh, i think we've there's, got there's, cardiff swansea and
0: yeah they, they, both of the cardiff universities are in the bucks league and swansea but uh, and and i think and cardiff met always does really really well but you Know we're a country of three million people, we should be producing more of our own players. You know, we should be producing enough players and enough supporters every week to fill every single ground. But,
1: yeah, well, like you said, we're struggling with the marketing at the minute. Do you get the emails for um from the Scarlets so for the games? Yeah, at all, yeah. I've noticed the last, well, the first two games. There's been errors on the uh, the little posters that they send, dozen emails. Yeah, I think when the you... Oscars one was the wrong month. Yeah. and you're just thinking, you know, once fair enough, you know, things can be missed, blah blah blah. Hmm. But you know, two weeks on a bounce, you know, someone's not yeah. looking at what they do in.
0: And also, when you go through to, um, so I tried to book a ticket off the link, didn't work. Oh, done. And then. No. You you try to reset your passwords, and it's, we'll send you a, a link that's not working. So right then, I've got to create a new email in order to buy a ticket. Uh, and you know, I'm doing it at seven eight o'clock at night. Ticket office is open till five, and you know, I've got no problem with the ticket office. It's got to close at some point, but if you're going to close at five. Give me another way of purchasing it between five and eight o'clock the next morning that actually works. So these are these these are are
1: the the, unsociable hours aspect of hmm. you know buying a ticket because you know I I, I know nine to five isn't a major, major thing anymore, but it is still the majority of people you need to have those either a couple hours earlier Hmm. or a couple hours after to give people the options of physically phoning up. And saying, look, I can't buy a bloody ticket online. Can you sort it for me?
0: Yeah, or just get the, you know, the, the move towards buying stuff online now. Yeah, you know, I do pretty much all my shopping. Or I buy my tickets online. I will buy my shirts online. I will buy all the. All the <laughs> get the bloody thing to work, and that's how you solve the problem with Welsh rugby. That's where you invest the money, not by. Going on to some fantasy kind of this is what it was like in the nineteen eighties when we were amazing. It, it's not going to work. So anyway, I'm going to shut up now. All right? Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's let's move on to local rugby, mates. Let's move on to local yeah. rugby. <laughs> so, what did you make of the results from last week? What did you? Uh,
1: what did yeah, you think? I'll be honest. It was it was decent enough week. You know. Uh, Narbath, win away in Bedwas, much better, you know, a win down there this season, better than last year. You know, we can see progress growing. Crimmage, mm. Crimmage are doing awesome. I think they're on uh, a three-match win streak now, is it? Yeah,
0: they haven't lost out. this year, yeah. Yeah. They're second know, in the tra- table.
1: Couple, Yeah, a couple other promising results, you know, Pembroke's stood up well to Whitland. You know, I think this is the first game Whitland have actually turned up and played. No, mm-hmm. well, Aberystwyth, you know, we're, we're unlucky. Mm. Uh, Fishguard Temby was uh, a, a, apparently a pretty cracking game from what I've heard. Yeah, and uh, one thing I've got to say for um, Fishguard Temby and Milford Haven is that league has just been blown wide open. Last mm. season's champions and runners up have both lost this weekend. Yeah, and yeah. they were they, more, they, they were undefeated last year except for against each other. So I think our league has been blown wide open And it's there for the take-in
0: Yeah, yeah if, if somebody can put a decent run of games together You know, four or five You start to build up momentum then, And you're, you're defending a lead Rather than attacking it and, and, right. and defending it is a lot, lot easier So, yeah, the the, the game that stood out for me was, was LAN um, A totally unexpected uh, victory and, and you know fair dues to them and and get this we have a match report we have a match report from from last weekend uh, yeah. so this this is from uh uh adam at st david's now we love st david's just because everyone the attitude,
1: loves <laughs>
0: everyone loves going to St. David's because it's in the middle of nowhere and it's a proper session. So oh, wait,
1: wait. it's not the middle of nowhere. It's the end of nowhere.
0: The end of nowhere. <laughs> so uh, Adam's report, a phenomenal game of rugby played in St. David's on Saturday. It had the works. Had good tries, yellow cards and a 30 man bust up. Now, even on that bit there. Yeah, that's that's a game you want to see because you don't see the 30 man bust ups anymore. So, Saint David, but you don't see him on telly uh, uh, anymore. Uh, so Saint David's fought back from ten nil down, missed a penalty on the last play of the game that could have won the game when ah. the wind blew the ball off the kicking tee. I mean, how Saint David's is that? It's the the wind blowing the tee off. But um, so there were tries from uh, Nathan Foster. Now, we'll have to discuss this bit, yeah? So, the, the report says, try from Captain Nathan Foster. So, I think that just means he was a club captain. I don't think he's like RAF or anything. And then extras from brother Aaron Foster. Now, I don't think, I, you know, I, I don't think he's a monk. I just think that's a relationship thing. But, um, Man of the
1: Match... you
0: have reading into this, Matt. What's, up, what's up? <laughs> uh, Man of the Match was sent to Ben Joyce. Uh, I'd say, fair dues. Cardigan put in a cracking performance. It was an outstanding game, you know, which is great. So a big thank you to Adam for that, because that's that's just what we want, is, is we want the whole purpose of what we're doing is try to engage with local clubs and, and really... You know, when we were talking about marketing just now is to give another avenue for local clubs to talk about their game and tell us who did well and who didn't. And, you know, let's We've see some... Yeah, <laughs> I won't Well, we have got, you know, so you've got the the, the, the uh, stats and all of that. Somebody in America listened to us last week. No way. Yeah, and somebody in France, and I don't even speak French. So Did the uh,
1: French yeah understand us, or was he just trying to, you know, get his kid to sleep? I haven't
0: got a clue. But yeah, somebody in America and somebody in France. So yeah, crack on, boys. That's that's the way to go. But yeah, so I I thought there was a lot of good stuff going out last week. So before we have a look at at the games for this weekend, yeah, there's one result from last week. So I I keep forgetting to put this in because it's midweek, and it's the college game. So yeah. <laughs> We we were talking about, you know, to how to invest in your local sides and this, that, and the other. So Pembrokeshire College. We we've we've spoken to Alid at Pembrokeshire College and we know the work that needs to be done and we know the work that is going on there. And and Alid's an absolute cracking guy to have. If he's if you're gonna put some effort in, Alid's the guy that you want there. Yeah. But to put it into perspective, yeah. So they went away to Uh, Cardiff and Vale, CAVAC, which, if any of you know um, Cardiff City Centre, if you come out of the train station and you walk across the train station car park and you get to like the British Gas Building, there's a set of traffic rights there, and instead of walking to the left, which is where the bus for the park and ride is, if you cross the road and walk about two minutes down that road, you get to Cavac, so it's a, when you say it's centre of Cardiff, it is literally centre of Cardiff, and it's all more cons. It's an indoor training facility, an indoor and an outdoor training pitch. So they've got two pitches, both recently laid. They're all floodlit. They've got two different gyms, and these are high-end gyms. The entire so if you're in the college rugby setup, they day is based around rugby. So when you fit in training, when you do your weights, all of this kind of stuff, you get you then get your education section as well, all enclosed in there, and we're talking about you know international players are uh, are involved in that setup. you know this isn't this isn't something that you just throw together. It takes a lot of investment over a long time. And I'm not surprised that our boys are getting the tonking up there. We haven't even got. No. A run.
1: You know, no if problem. you look in the college leagues, they, they, there's only three sides that ever have a chance of winning, and that's always Colleague Camay, Colleague Segar, and Cardiff Vale. Yeah. You know that it doesn't matter how many games where they're going. It's going to be one of those three that's going to come on top, out on top at the end of the season. We yeah. all know that,
0: and it's because they've got that level of investment put in them. And, and this is where I go back to, we were talking about Gallagher Premiership and that missing bit in the middle. When when you do go and look at colleges in England, and I've looked at a couple, you know, that standard is pretty much across all of them. You know, that is the standard. And I think that's where we're missing. So if you are one of the college boys listing, you know, don't, don't take last week as, you know, uh, that that score isn't reflecting the effort that you're putting in and it will get better it, will, it takes a bit of effort it takes a bit of work and you just got to find a different way of doing it but hopefully fingers crossed we can find a way of getting the investment into Pembrokeshire College that is needed to bring it up to a decent standard. So
1: yeah it, it would be nice if, if all the boys in uh, you know the scarlets Academy were based in Pembrokeshire would go to that college. But, uh, you know, I, I think you might know one
0: who, who has who's decided <laughs> not to go, there. Yeah, well, you know, my boy is in Hartbury. Um, I know most of the boys that were in Pembrokeshire College from Scarlet's Academy and now in Collag Um, They tried to get my boy to go to College Cigar. They tried to get him to go to landovery and they just didn't suit him. So, uh, but and here's the key bit, it, you know, what didn't suit him with Collig Cigar was the traveling. You know, it was from where we are, it's still an hour back and forth each day, you know, an hour there, an hour back, and then doing your training. Um, and we said, well, you know, what about accommodation on site? So I know we haven't got any. All of the English colleges have got accommodation on site, you know.
1: Well, there's, there's none in no no accommodation in no. Cigar at all. No. Sorry,
0: I, I- and that's where they're missing the, you know, if you're North Wales, your only option is go to, to somewhere in North Wales. Yeah. Are you it, looking at
1: Cedra, Cedra, whatever it's pronounced? That's, I think that's the closest one up here.
0: Yeah. So we've got, we're missing out whole swathes of the country because we haven't got something as simple as accommodation blocks in our colleges. Anyway, we we digress, we'll come on to that Christmas We'll do a Christmas special over how to solve the problems of the world Right, let's quickly rattle through this, right So, games this weekend Narbeth away in Nice.
1: Big, big game, big game again Huge I, I, game I like Huge. This. I, I, I'm really enjoying Narbeth this season I haven't been to watch them. But mm-hmm. I'm just seeing the results, looking at the teams around them. I'm really enjoying it. Like going down to the Narl is an experience for mm-hmm. anyone. And I, I'd recommend it for everyone who's never been there with Narbath. Phone the club, get a but, supporters bus and get down there because it's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. I mean, Neath, uh, I've, I've got the same record as as Narbath going into this game. They've won two and they've lost one. Even though I am, I am expecting Neath to to come out on top at the end. It's good. It's going to be a cracker. I, I am really, mm. and you know, by the end, not, not the end of this week, but uh, two weeks' time is uh, cup time for the championship, mm. and uh, Narboth no, have got Pontypool. So <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> in, in the opening six weeks they've they'll be playing they the big the three big from the Real league: yeah. Bar Neath, and Pontypool and it, it it just it gets me buzzing. It gets my blood boiling. I, I'm I'm loving it. I, I wish I lived closer right now because I just <laughs> love to be there.
0: Well, um, there there is something on the Narba Facebook page about there's um uh, a hospitality uh, package available to uh, for Neath, for the Neath game where you can go before and there's a a, a meal and hosted by Lynn Jones. As well. So worth having a look at their, their Facebook page uh, and, and doing that. I, I'm with you, mate. I'd love to see Narbeth take them. I really, really would. The weather is due to be horrendous on Friday and a little bit iffy on Saturday. So that might kind of even things up a little. But I just, I think Neath would be too strong. But this would really give Narbeth a good idea of where they are in terms of, you know where are they going to be at the end of the season? So yeah. yeah.
1: If I if I can put it into a bit of context, Narbeth beat Bedwas 26 this weekend. Neath beat down the week before thirty seven seven. So it, you know, you've
0: got to bring it down it, it, now, it, man. There is, <laughs> is still a gap.
1: There yeah. is still a gap there. Yeah. That I I I think it's closing.
0: Yeah, and I think so too.
1: Yeah. I, I I'm really hopeful.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see that Aberystwyth at home to go sign on what's your thoughts
1: um i mean i'm thinking i'm thinking Aberystwyth just uh, they they were really unlucky yeah. against Newcastle Emlyn single score yeah. game
0: and it was so Newcastle I, Emlyn wasn't it you know they it's always an iffy game against Newcastle Emlyn regardless yeah.
1: so. I, i'm hoping the traveling again after Aberystwyth is going to be in their favour yeah.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. I've gone Aberystwyth as well on that. Um, and then I've gone Crimach to beat Vernon Royal at home.
1: Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. Bang on Crimach. They're going for the title.
0: Yeah. I reckon so. Uh,
1: yeah. Smart. Is when they come up against them when we're sorted.
0: <laughs> um, Another tough game for Pembroke away in Schlesley Wanderers. I think every game's a tough game for Pembroke this season, but away to Schlesley Wanderers. Uh, I've gone schlesley on that one. I don't want to, but I think...
1: Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm exactly the same. You know, Pembroke, they, Unfortunately, Pembroke haven't picked up a, a win at all so mm. far this season. And Wanderers, the, the ground is literally a stone's throw from my house, so I'm hoping <laughs> I'm going to be able to steal over I might be able to do my own match report. I, I, I'm not gonna say 10% I'm, I'm gonna do it, but yeah. I, I'm hoping Fingers I crossed. can.
0: Cool. Cool. Uh Whitlander at home to Slangenek.
1: I'm 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 going slangenic.
0: Yeah, me too. It too haven't strong. seen enough.
1: I haven't seen enough from Whitlander this season.
0: No uh moving down into division 2 then Whitland away to Eddick. so milford um pontobern couldn't raise a side last week so no. you know they're still fresh Eddick have been playing well the last couple of seasons what's your thoughts
1: i'm i'm, I'm going Nankaretik. as much as i'd like to say milford Eve, and again they haven't picked up a win yet and they, they're going away I, against a team that's performing reasonably well
0: yeah yeah, me too. i got the same. Uh, Fishguard away to pont
1: If there's a side, I'm going with fish Guard.
0: Yeah, I, I think they're on a bit of a roll. Shush had another try again uh, last weekend, leaving it late uh, last last couple of minutes in the game to beat uh, Tenby, I think. Yeah, but it. I think so. I think that was the report. Well,
1: well, why isn't Shush giving us a match report? Your
0: know,
1: best friend, isn't now
0: He's, he's a lightweight and he's still recovering, but this time of the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Tembi away to Lacha. Tembi are away, are you I've got is away to Lacha. Have I got it the wrong way around?
1: I've got Tembi on. I don't know which one of us is right.
0: Oh, crikey. OK, Tembi are playing Lacha. <laughs> <laughs> who who? Uh, are you going? Uh,
1: it, it... It depends. If, if it's on the dark side, I, I think it's going to be uh, a bit of a struggle. But if it's a dorm, 10 be 100%. Mm.
0: Yeah, I got some stories from playing Lucker away, and none of them are nice. But...
1: No, I, I, got a, <laughs> I got a story from less than two years ago of, of my boys under 17 playing there, and it's not nice. Yeah.
0: Mm. Okay, so Division Three, Cardigan at home to Lan.
1: Again, I, I'd like to say Cardigan, but you know, back of a good win for Lan, and mm. uh, you know, it, it's it's gotta be Lan. Yeah,
0: I've gone Lan as well, and Cardigan used to be such a strong side, like so many of the, the the sides in West Wales. You know, they used to be one of the big main sides. You know, like like Whitland. You know, Cardigan always used to be you know, bang up there. So yeah, looking at it. And and I've gone the same main. I've gone Larn and I'm thinking, you know, when I I remember growing up and just thinking Cardigan were, you know, unbeatable. But there we go. That's that's life. Uh Haverford West at home to Aberray run. That's gonna be a tough year uh, this one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pulling for
1: Haverford West. I really am. They just hmm. again I, I know we haven't been going to these games but just looking at the results, they don't seem to be the same side from last season,
0: yeah. But then Aberray run, I've started the season well. Um, but I, I think that's going to be a bit of a hundinger of a match. I think that's going to be a belter that one. But I've oh, gone for Hartford West, yeah. Uh, Nayland away to Lampeter. I think the key bit there is away, it's in Lampeter, yeah. but i have gone for Nayland, but again, Ooh, yeah, it's, just, it's such a a long journey, and it's a difficult pitch to play on. I don't know why. It's a lovely pitch. It's lovely and flat, but it just seems to be one of those places that you just always struggle. I've gone for Nayland, but yeah, on reflection, it probably will, uh, no, no, no. I'm,
1: you've gone for Nayland. Yeah, I'm
0: going to stick. I'm going to stick with Nayland, but I think that I might be wrong. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we've been, more, we've been more or less picking the exact same team all the way. There needs to be one match. Room yeah,
0: there find. needs to be something, doesn't it? Okay, Langham uh, at home against Tregaron.
1: I'm all, I'm an optimist, Langham.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I you know, Full respect to Langham for getting the side out. I know it was a bit of a kicking against the Quins, but let's say i got so much respect for Langham just actually being able to produce a side. And and compete at any level. So yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, a home win against Tregaron. Uh, Saint David's away in Annabulla.
1: Hey, they drew this weekend. Yeah. Let's go up. Let's go for a win, Saint David's.
0: Yeah, I I've gone the same. I just think that that bit of uh, uh, you know, we're coming off a game that you know you should have won. You know, training this week will be. A bit bouncy. It'll be it'll be interesting. So yeah, fingers crossed, Saint David's to to win there as well. And then last game then is Saint Clair's at home against Pembroke dot Quins. Where are you yeah. going with that?
1: It's, it, it's got to stick with Saint
0: Clair's. They're just looking too strong. Yeah, I I but I've gone the other way. I'd I've I've picked the Quins off on. that one just because they're coming off a, a big win last week and just the feeling in the club is is quite good um young team um St Clair's pitch is, is where i played my very very first game of rugby when i was 10 years old We played St Clair's away in the old school so um, i remember the game well mate but yeah I, th- I think the Queens might just nick that one i think it'll be uh, a, a close game a tight game and i think the Quins might just nick that one um, with a yeah, bit of luck. it is gonna be yeah. a
1: cracker, I reckon. You know, they, they both seem to be putting pretty high scores in.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah.
1: We're, we're probably looking at uh, 55, 54, something like
0: that. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So yeah, that's our that's our wrap up on of the uh, the weekend ahead. And so if anybody does fancy doing a game report, a match report. I know a couple of being, people being been in touch and said, yeah, I'd love to do one, this, that and the other. Um, you can either do it off our Facebook page or you can leave us a message on our podcast page, which is anchor.fm and then something after that, which I'll, I'll post later. Um, it'll be on our Facebook page, which is Scarlet Supporters, Pembrokeshire. So lots of ways of getting in touch. Um, and, and guys, please do You know, keep sending us in your match reports. We love reading your match reports. Nothing beats a fan's view of the game, and that's what this is. It's a fan's view of the game. You know, we're not professionals. We're not, um, you know...
1: well, speak for yourself. (laughs) We're,
0: We're, you know, we're not radio DJs. We're not... Uh, retired uh, international players, with fans, same yeah. as everybody else, and uh, we want to hear your voices, guys. So, yeah, please do.
1: Doesn't just have to be match reports. If you've got a question, if you've got a comment, just just send anything in. We'll we'll play anything
0: or, within or, reason. Yeah, I said that then, but I tried that um, uh, last week, and um, it crashed the whole thing. This whole there's meant to be a, a voice thing where somebody can leave a, a voice comment. And I tried that last week and it crashed the whole thing. So I need to work out what that is. I've got to wait around it. If somebody wants to send us in a voice message, I just record it onto my phone and then play my phone back over the thing. But yeah please do, guys, send us in your, your match reports because, let's say nothing beats a, a a spectator's view of the game, a proper fan's view of the game, and nothing beats a fan's view of the game from the clubhouse at about nine o'clock after you've had a shed full. That's, that's, that's the one I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for somebody to send that one in because that's going to be hilarious. But there we go, mate. There we go. Right, we're done for another week, Mark. We're done for another week. Fingers crossed. We can, uh, we can have a bit more of a positive conversation about the Scarlets next week and we'll have a good run through everything else. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you then, and mate. See
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> same old, same old. Cool. Let's hope I can make it on the first attempt next week.
0: <laughs> I'll catch you next week. That's
1: All right. well, bad. <laughs>
0: You have been listening to the Westerer is Besterer podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS. Find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire or email us on Pems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Besterer. Cheers.